السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استن بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ألا إن أولياء الله لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون الذين آمنوا وكانوا يتقون صدق الله العظيم all praise, all thanks is only due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity to be seated in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. Indeed, this is a great favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes to appreciate a favor, so you have to go through the opposite or see the opposite. A ni'mat idha fuqidat urifat. A ni'mat when it is lost, when that favor is lost, then that favor is really appreciated that what a great favor Allah ta'ala had given me. Sometimes you, we go to the hospitals to give Juma, but now recently there is not too many Jumas that are taking place. But anyway, previously we would go f- for Juma to the hospitals. And sometimes you'll meet a person there that can't even make it from upstairs, from the ICU or from the high care down to the Jamaat Khana. He can't even make it there for Salah. And then if you happen to meet him after Namaz or you go to meet him at some time, and he'll tell you the greatest, one of the greatest losses we feel. That one of the hardest things for us to experience to be lying in the bed at the time of Jumu'ah. We can't come to the house of Allah, we can't participate in a Jumu'ah program. So Allah Ta'ala has given it to us on a platter. Let us appreciate it and make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this great ni'mat of allowing us to come to the house of Allah on the Mubarak occasion of Jumu'ah. There was one person who was very sickly, went to visit him once. So he was basically on oxygen full time. So he had the such that he had that oxygen mask and he had a very long pipe connected to the oxygen machine. So that why the pipe was long, or the conduct, conductor was long to conduct the oxygen to him, was so they allowed a little bit of movement in the house, so he could move around in the house. But that was about the maximum movement that he would have, is within the house. So he says the thing that pains me the most, that hurts me the most, is sometime I'm at home in the month of Ramadan, and I can see that it's the odd night and everyone is flocking to the masjid, maybe the 27th night or the night of the khatam or something. But yet I have to be at home is the thing that hurts me the most. So this is a great ni'mat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq of appreciating it. And from amongst the appreciation of the day of Jumu'ah is coming early to the masjid on this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that He allows us to see many, many more days of Jumu'ah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that the last day of our earthly life is this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. Anyway, the discussion that we wish to do today is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in this ayat, Allah inna awliya Allahi la khawfun alayhim wa la hum yahzanun. When it comes to the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, around them, around them may be situations where people are in depression, people are in stress, people are in worry. But for these type of people, those that are connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no fear for them and there is no grief for them. What is meant by this? There is no fear for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it such that they got their full reliance. 
in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever conditions they go through, they are happy that this is condition is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever it is. If it is loss, this loss is also from Allah. If it is gain, this gain is also from Allah. Everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I read of the Quran, Allah ta'ala mentioned, Ya ayu ladheena amanud fi silmi kafa. All you who believe enter into Islam completely. Somebody says enter into the masjid completely. What it means is don't be outside by the wuzukhana area or don't be in the sahem. Come right into the masjid. That is what is meant by enter into the masjid completely. But when it, Allah is saying enter all you who believe, enter into Islam completely. What is meant by this? So Allah give gives few explanations. I just mentioned two. One explanation is that a person enters into Islam completely means that whatever Islam requires of him is happy to do it. There is no question about it. Fajr namaz is early now, it's winter. I mean, it's summer. You have to come early to the masjid. So we're happy to come to the masjid early because this is the command of Allah. He created the season and this is what He wants us to do. And when it is winter, then Fajr is later. But sometimes it's cold. But again, it's the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be happy to go and be happy to come to the masjid. It is the day of Juma. Some people's shops are very, very busy. But the command of Allah ta'ala is close and come to the masjid. Be happy. Oh Allah, this is your command. We are not only happy, we embracing it. Embrace every command of Allah Ta'ala in a happy manner. So we are embracing the command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Now it is, maybe many people take out their zakat in the month of Ramadan, or before the month of Ramadan. I mention this because it's a very common, common error that people make when it comes to zakat. People think that zakat will take it out maybe in Ramadan, or we can choose one date, or when we feel like calculating. Zakat doesn't work like that. Zakat has to be on a fixed Islamic date. Every year that date has to be fixed. Like how you got a financial year end of 28 February. Like that you have to have a fixed zakat date. And things can fluctuate. If last year we did it for example, 15th of Ramadan, this year we decide we want to do it on the 1st of Ramadan, then what happens is between those 15 days, many things that can change because our date should have been 15th of Ramadan. We did it 1st of Ramadan, there could have been a huge amount of income that could come in in those 15 days. There could have been a big debt that could have came in in those 15 days. So many things that could have happened, but because we didn't apply the correct principle, we went off. Look at it, for example, Namaz, Juma, Namaz now. If somebody said, it doesn't make a difference, let's read it at 11 o'clock. But we're not in the time... Because we are not in the time, the salah itself won't be valid. We are doing it before Zawal. So similarly, zakat also has a fixed time. Every year it has to be on a fixed Islamic date. Yes, the actual discharge of it can be in intervals. It can be earlier, it can be later, there is no problem. But the calculation date has to be a fixed date. So this is with regards to zakat, that we are happy to discharge our zakat irrespective of the amount. And sometimes I mention to friends that let us be intelligent when it comes to obeying the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us not make it hard because we are weak as it is. We are all weak. So let us make it easy for ourselves. What we can do, very easy, very, very easy policy we can have is on a monthly basis let us take out our zakat before our zakat date comes. So every month, for example, we take out, depends on a person's finance. A person is a poor, uh, not such a wealthy person and he has to give zakat. So he gives maybe 500 rand a month. Every month he gives. So when his zakat date comes now and he sees that he has to give 8,000 rand zakat for the year, but he already gave 500 rand for, the, for every month, so he's given 6,000. Only thing he needs to do now is give another 2,000. And like that for a wealthier person, he can take out every month 5,000, 10,000. Uh, there are some people that take out millions every month. It just depends on what Allah Ta'ala has given. But what it does, it makes it easier now, cash flow number one. And number two, it makes it easy for us to obey the command of Allah. So how intelligent when we are, for our taxes people are doing it, 
people are giving the provisional taxes and for other things people are saving up so they doesn't become too heavy when they need to spend their money on that car or need to spend the money sometimes people want to go overseas for Umrah etc so when it comes to our zakat also let us be intelligent let us do it correctly so what the whole of is in Kafa we are happy to embrace every command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever it is now the December period came many people it was such that they had to look after their parents but we are happy, Allah, you gave us these parents. We don't know that these parents may be our ticket to Jannat. We are happy to look after them. It wasn't such that we look to see that why this brother is not taking care and why that sister is not taking care. Why do I have to take care? Actually, a true believer is one that will fight that I want to look after my mother, I want to look after my father because these are the people that took care of me. In fact, the dua that we are taught, Rabbir hamhuma kama rabbayani sagheera Allah have mercy on my parents like they had mercy on me when I was young. Now this dua is a very very powerful dua to make for the parents. But it also got a message in it. This is the beauty of this dua that Allah Ta'ala has taught us in the Quran in the 15th Sipara. That it's a dua for the parents but also it's a message for us. That oh Allah take care of them like how they took care of me when I was young. Because what happens is when a person is strong then he forgets those weak moments. Allahu ladhi khalaqakum min du'af. ثُمَّ جَعَلَ مِنْ بَعْدِ ضُعْفٍ قُوَّةٍ ثُمَّ جَعَلَ مِنْ بَعْدِ قُوَّةٍ ضُعْفٍ وَشَيْبَةٍ That this is a system that Allah Ta'ala has created us. Allah, Allah, الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ ضُعْفٍ Allah Ta'ala has created you in weakness. A person couldn't even clean himself, couldn't wash himself, couldn't bath himself. Even when he was sick, he didn't know what to do. He couldn't clothe himself. Allah Ta'ala has created us in complete weakness. ثُمَّ جَعَلَ مِنْ بَعْدِ ضُعْفٍ قُوَّةٍ After that stage of weakness, Allah has put us into a stage of strength. A man is in his teen years, now he's 20, now he's 30. He was weak, his parents were strong. They took care of him when he was weak. Now when he is strong, Allah Ta'ala is putting his parents through another phase of weakness. They are becoming old. Now when this person becomes old, he forgets that he was weak at one stage. His system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is such that we tend to forget that there was, we were had a weak stage and we took care, and somebody had taken care of us. Now when we are in the strong stage, somebody else is gone in the weak stage, our parents, what do we owe them? We owe it to them like how they took care of us when we were weak. Now when they are weak, we have to take care of them. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us in this message. Rabbir hamhuma kama rabbayani sagheera Allah. Have mercy on them like how they had mercy on me when I was young. In other words, don't forget the kindness of parents. Unfortunately, in this time and age, in this period, many people forget the kindness of the parents. It's completely forgotten. There was one person, he mentioned his story, and he said that I was looking after my aged mother. And uh, because of taking care of her, that we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go for Umrah, we couldn't go for a holiday. But I was happy because I knew that this is my mother and I owe it to her. And no matter what amount of time, effort and energy, wealth I spent on her, I can never ever do justice to the kindness that my mother had showed me when I was young. He said, I knew that. But my family was putting pressure on me, that come everyone else is going. It's December, let's go for Umrah. Everyone else is going, come let us go. So he said he tried to put them off and say that, you know what, things are bad, it's very expensive, I can't afford it. Until one time came when they found my file of bank statements. And they saw that I got quite a healthy balance in there. So now they said, now you can't fool us. You got the money, take us. That's why in the ayat of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala mentions, That verily, that your wealth and your children are a child for you. Child for you, you'll be tested with your children, you'll be tested with your wealth. 
How often you find that when a man has got extra wealth, and very often this is the case, person has got extra wealth, now he's looking for avenues to spend that wealth. What can I do with it? What thing I can do differently? Recently one person was mentioned, he said that I tried almost anything that can give you a thrill. I went in a submarine and I went uh, in a parachute and we went bungee jumping and we went on zip liners and whatever you think can give you a thrill. He said we tried it. It was a thing that we like to do. Uh, hiking and mountain climbing, whatever you can think that gives a person a thrill. He said we tried it. Now we wanted to try something else different. So what we tried is there is such a thing as you go in the aircraft at a very high altitude. And from there about three or four people jump down together and the parachute opens up. So there is a moment of free fall and then the parachute opens up and then everyone now sort of comes down. <coughs> so it's something that people do. He says, but obviously there's a great risk involved with it. So he said we went with our family, friends, it was like a joint thing, let's go for the thrill. But now as we were in the aircraft, just before we can all jump, everyone is crying and hugging each other and asking for mouth. Make me mouth, make me mouth, you know, as though we are going away. So he said, he personally said, I thought to myself, what a foolish thing is this? That we're going for a thrill here and now we're all crying on the top and asking each other for mouth. What kind of thrill is this? But the thrill in general, there is no such thing as crying and asking for mouth. The thrill is a thrill which is a real thrill. Therefore, we should actually look for the thrills of Jannat and forget about the thrills of the dunya. Anyway, this person was saying, so when I was mentioning that how wealth can be a fitna, how it can be a trial, is very often when a person has got extra wealth and he's looking avenues, where can I spend it, where can I go now, which exotic destination I can go, which resort I can go to, and automatically now he's planning to commit guna. There was an alim, passed away, Mawlana Harun Abbas Umar, Rahmatullah, very nice, great alim, Ustad of ours. So he used to give one example. He said the example of a person that intends to commit guna and a person that slips and commits guna. Two different. One intends, he's looking for avenues where I can go, what I can do, what can, how I can spend my money, on what entertainment I can spend more, what, you know. So you got one person who's looking to commit guna and you got one person who slips. He says the example like that is of a mother that's holding the finger of the child. And he's walking. Now here we don't see so much, in more in the rural areas, sometimes in the rest of Africa, and many times in Asia we see that the roads are muddy roads, sandy roads. They don't have tar roads. So a lot of times you'll get, when, especially when it rains, you'll get puddles of mud, puddles of water that are there. So you see the mother is holding the child's hand and walking. And as the mother is holding the child's hand, the child steps in the mud. In the, in the mud. So what the mother does, the love of the mother comes into effect, comes into josh. The mother's love takes off and picks up the child, hugs the child, dusts the child, are you okay? Tries to clean the child with all the mud. Why this is the mother's child that slipped in the mud. And then we get another example of the mother that's holding the hand of the child and this child sees puddles all over and he runs and goes to jump in the puddles. Runs this, into this puddle and that puddle. What will that mother do to that child? The mother will go catch a child and give the child one hit. And I put more clothes on for you. I'm trying to take care of you, and here you're deliberately going and splashing in the mud. You're missing yourself, you're going to hurt yourself. So what does that mother do? The mother hits the child, and here what the mother does? She picks up the child, hugs the child, and wishes the child that doesn't get hurt, nothing happens to the child. What is the difference? One is that child slipped by mistake in the mud, and here this child deliberately is going. So when our actions are such that when we slip and we make a mistake, Allah Ta'ala's love comes to the fore. Allah Ta'ala's mercy comes to the fore. He wants to forgive us that this banda of mine slipped and made a mistake. But a Muslim is such, is a Muslim is such that he doesn't 
plan, he doesn't plot, he doesn't architecture any type of sin, he doesn't look towards doing sin. So therefore, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he would make dua for his family, look at us, we all got desires to have high, wealth, healthy bank balances, to be very, very wealthy, etc. But what dua did Nabi Sallallahu make for his own family as far as wealth is concerned? Look at the dua that he made for his family and his progeny. Allahumma jal rizqa ali Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam quota. Oh Allah, make the wealth of the family of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam just sufficient. Just sufficient, otherwise they're coming out. Breaking even, they're coming out nicely. Why? Because when you don't, when you have too much, that's when the problem starts. Too much of energy or too much of wealth. Now a person is looking for avenues to spend that energy or to spend that wealth. So anyway, in nama amwalukum wa awladukum fitna, that this wealth and these children can be a trial for you. Sometimes the children are asking for this demand and that demand. And the person knows it's not the right thing for him to do, but he just has to give in. So this person was giving his example. He says that uh, they found my file with the bank statements in it. And they said, you got enough money now, you can take us for this umrah trip. So he tells them again, look, we got our mother here. She's old, we're looking after her. This is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is made, this is our boarding pass to Jannah, looking after this mother and taking the dwas of our mother. But they're not interested, they say, you know what? It's just a short period, we'll go for two weeks. So what you do is this, this is a December period also. Get the caregiver, the caregiver will look after the mother and we'll go away. So the caregiver, but remember something, when you got a caregiver, and especially someone who's a non-Muslim, that type of love, that type of warmth, will never ever get like what the family can give. Never ever. Remember these people have got, whoever the caregiver is, they got their own family, they got their own relatives, they got their own uh, priorities. It's something that they're doing as a job, it will never ever be the same. So anyway, he agrees, he said, okay, we'll get this caregiver. And the caregiver is now employed to come in, in the stay in the flat and look after the mother and this family goes. So he says in that period what had happened, it was this Christmas, New Year period, that my mother was at home and this caregiver talked to herself that, you know what, it's this uh, days now when everyone spends with their family, this old lady looks like she'll manage, so what I'll do is I'll just go for this period, this festive period, I'll just go to my family, at least I can spend two or three days with them and I'll come back. That's all I'll do. I'll go spend the time with them and I'll come back. She should be okay. So this is what she thought that she'll do that. And naturally the mother also won't stop this woman because she felt sorry that she wants to go spend time. She told her, okay, you can also go. So she gave her that permission and the caregiver went away. And in the interim, Allah Ta'ala knows best what had happened was this old woman, she passed away. Passed away all alone. So this person mentioned, he said that when I got the message that this is what had happened, that my mother had passed away and we were there in Umrah. I realized all I couldn't do, what I should have done for my mother at her last moments. So now this is what you call a person thinking and appreciating and entering into Islam completely. And that time the demand was to take care of your mother. It doesn't matter what the trip is. So people get carried away. Means enter into Islam completely. At this moment in time, what should I be doing? If a person doesn't have the money to pay his staff, how can he go on holiday somewhere? How can he be buying new vehicles? I'm just giving us for example for us. The entire thing for him to do at that moment now is to pay the staff. Or the thing to do at that time now is to pay a person's debts. These are my priorities. Afterwards other things may come. Enter Islam completely means that do what Allah Ta'ala wants you to do every second of the time. There's a beautiful woman that is walking past. The temptation is there to look. But enter into Islam completely, I'm happy. 
that this is what Allah wants me to do, I'm not looking. So one explanation is whatever the command of Allah Ta'ala is, a person is happy with that. And the other thing is whatever condition comes down, I'm happy with that condition. If something of mine gets stolen, if my health deteriorates, I get a heart attack, or my sugar pressure is gone up suddenly, I don't start complaining that why Allah Ta'ala did this to me. I get diagnosed with cancer, I'm not complaining. This is the will of Allah Ta'ala. It came on me, I'm happy. When Allah Ta'ala gave me good conditions, it was His kindness. When He's given me this condition, it's also His kindness. It's just that I can't see it in this dunya. When eyes close, Allah Ta'ala will show me what He's going to give me in return for this. So that is Udkhulufi Silmi Kafar. Second explanation Allah gave for entering into Islam completely is our hands must enter into Islam. Our eyes must enter into Islam. Our mind and heart must enter into Islam. Every limb of our body must enter into Islam. What it means is that we must be able to embrace the command of Allah with every limb. If I need to help someone, this is the command of Allah. I'm happy to help people. If I'm supposed to be thinking correctly, I should be thinking like a Muslim. I'm happy to think like a Muslim. My heart has that type of heart that a Muslim has. It empathizes, sympathizes, feels sorry for those people that are less privileged. Not that I got hatred, malice, jealousy in my heart, but I'm one that empathizes and feels sorry for people. Therefore we find also the month of Ramadan is coming. Allah Ta'ala allow us to prepare for this Mubarak month of Ramadan. This month of Ramadan, one of the things we are taught is to empathize, sympathize, and feel sorry for the poor. So this is the second meaning, is that every single limb, what I'm supposed to talk, I'm talking. Remember the speaking also is not only with the tongue. Nowadays we've got an extended tongue. One is the tongue of the pen. Allah used to explain, tongue of the pen is the person's writing, and you be careful what he writes. But in this modern day, we've got a keyboard also. That what emails we are sending off, what messages we are sending, this is an extension of the tongue, that we must be very careful that udkhulu fisil mikafa, enter into Islam completely means that even my typing and my messages must be correct. I mustn't send a message that's going to hurt someone, that's going to harm someone. If we are doubtful whether there's any benefit in that message, don't even send it. Unless we are 100% sure. This is udkhulu fisil mikafa. In one hadith, Habib Uqba ibn Amir radiallahu anhu, he came up to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he asked Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam that man naja, oh Rasulullah sallallahu what is salvation, safety, success? Normally when we think of this, now we talk about safety, we think safety from the looting, safety from the hijackers, safety from the robbers. But Sahaba were actually referring to ultimate safety, safety from the fire of Jahannam and entry into Jannah. So Rasulullah gave him three steps. Inshallah we should try and bring these three steps. If we take only this back home from today's Jummah lecture, it's a great lesson for us. So Nabi could have just given him a definition of what is salvation. He didn't do that. Nabi gave him three steps. I remember got one, two, three. Three steps to reach a certain point. In three steps to reach the point of salvation. The first thing Rasulullah told him, Amsik alayka lisadq. That your tongue restrain it. Keep it back. Be careful of this tongue. This tongue can break. Remember something, this tongue can break hearts. It can break it can break families. It can break marriages. It can do many, many harms. Not long ago, one youngster, he met me. He said, I'll ask you a masla. So I said, no problem. So he says, I'm nearly married. My wife is expecting. And I just lost my cool and I issued three talaks. What should I do now? Imagine, just like that, he's like firing at somebody, point blank, three bullets, and asking that person, what do we do in a situation like that? There's no way you can revive the dead person. person is gone. That's why Nabi Sallallahu was telling us beforehand, Amsik alayka lisana, take hold of your tongue, control it, restrain it, 
Because many, many evils can come out of it. And remember something, when a person controls his tongue, to control everything else after that becomes easy. Look at any fight that first that takes place. What is the first thing that happens? The first thing that happens is the, there's a verbal exchange, there's an argument. Uh, after the verbal exchange, then there's a physical exchange. So therefore, a person has got this first step right, then every other step after that becomes very easy. Marriages will, relationships will remain, neighbors will remain, masjid committees will remain, friends will remain, a whole society and community will remain if this tongue is controlled. What a beautiful advice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Take hold of your tongue, control your tongue, there's so much of benefit that will come out of it. The next advice Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave this person, that let your house suffice for you. This house that Allah Ta'ala has given you, let it be sufficient for you. Why should you have the desire all the time that every break I get, I must run away. Every break I get, I must go somewhere else. One wealthy person was telling me recently, he said, you know, I'm giving it some thought. He said, Allah Ta'ala has given me a very big house. Maybe about 400 square meter house I got. He said, but every holiday come, we go book into one 100 square meters, 60 square meters, chalet somewhere. So one unit here and one unit there. And I'm thinking to myself, such a nice house Allah Ta'ala gave me, I left the thing to come stay here. What benefit it is, what am I trying to achieve in this? So let your house be sufficient. There is no harm if a person now again has to go somewhere. But this desire, constant demand that I must go, every time I get an opportunity I must leave my house, go here and go there. We actually destroying our akhirat because the most safest place in this time and age from fitna and fasad is the home that Allah Ta'ala has given us. This four walls is like a fortress. It is saving us from all the fitnas that are outside. Allah Ta'ala save us, but nowadays people bring the TV box inside, so they bring the fitna also inside the house. But by right, we shouldn't be having this television in the house, so we're saving ourselves in this house from all the fitnas that are outside. What a practical example. I mentioned to friends, I tell them, that uh, two years ago, this was a very common thing, and people, every was on the radio stations, it was on the billboards, people were all saying it. It was like a very common thing when the COVID period was there. What was the saying? That stay safe, stay at home. Stay safe, stay at home. Everyone was saying it. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam actually told us this. Over 1400 years ago, let your house be sufficient for you, not from some physical disease. Nabi Sallallahu was telling us for some spiritual, eternal effect that you'll have by continuously going out. Those things that you are seeing are affecting you. I don't think it doesn't affect you. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in one hadith, Al-Nazru sahmum masmumun min siham iblis, that this nazar, this gaze, one long gaze, is a poisonous arrow from the arrows of shaitan. Imagine, it's not just one virus hitting you, it's a poisonous arrow from the arrow of shaitan that's wrecking you. And you're going out and you're seeing it and thinking nothing of it. So therefore, one yes, let your house be sufficient for you. Be content to be at home. Yes, if you're going out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is the best thing you can do. But ordinarily, person shouldn't have this desire, I want to just go here and go there, and this entertainment, that entertainment, and then he leaves his home. And the last advice Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave, one yabki ala khati'atik, cry over your sins. Despite whatever you do, you're going to sin, you're going to make mistakes, you are insan. So therefore, cry over your sins. Cry, we should all cry over sins of Allah. That in our life that has passed, there are many mistakes that we have made, Allah forgive our sins. What we did openly, Allah forgive us. What we did secretly, Allah you forgive us. When a person has these three things, and this is what you call salvation and safety, an intelligent person should think like this, May Allah, my time has run out, May Allah give us all the tawfiq of practicing on this. Three simple advices, 
Hamsi Ali Kalisan and hold back your tongue. You sometimes want to say something. Somebody in the road has just come cut in front of you. You're upset. You feel like swearing. Think of this advice of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Hold back. Hold back. Hold back. There's benefit in it. There's safety in it for you. You'll avoid all types of road, road rage, all types of problems. Second advice Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave. Let your house be sufficient for you. Unnecessarily don't leave when you don't have to leave. And cry over whatever sins that we have committed. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq of amal wa'akhidu da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما معنى الأحاديث المختلفة أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأستقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدة شباب أهل الجنة لضوان الله تعالى عليهم مجمعين الله مغفل العباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطلة لا تغادر دما الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي يبغضهم وخير أمتي قبلي ثم الذين ينونهم ثم الذين ينونهم اللهم إز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون وقد قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروني ولا تكفرون أقيموا الصلاة